And I think I saw Corey Sanhagen say it on Rogan's was like, he was putting all this pressure on himself and he just sat on the couch and kind of cried one night and was like, I want to fight for at least six more years. I can't live like this. And I think it was the same type of thing after the Gordon fight. Like I was killing myself in my head. Like, man, like, couldn't you have gotten one more takedown and solidified the round? Then you would have had the win bonus for your fan. It's just like, you can't live like that. It's, it's, you will drive yourself insane, you know? And I think for me, the, the biggest factor is understanding, you know, my faith has been driving force. Some fights, when you're on the way up, you might get those guys where they're finding ways out of fights. This is not that fight for either of us. And I'm aware of that, and I, I think he probably will be too with his coaches. When did you start training for this upcoming fight, man? It's, you got an exciting one coming up now on December 2nd. Yeah, um, I mean... I got to, so my family and I actually moved uh, to where our head coach and our, you know, MMA gym was um, the first week or the last week of August, first week of September. So pretty much when we got here, we just hit the ground running, you know. Um, I guess technically we're not in camp yet. That would be eight weeks out, but okay, um, really ramping up, you know, really. It's all pretty much the same aside from, you know, maybe a little more sparring rounds in camp and, uh, you know, the conditioning changes as we get closer to the fight. But um yeah, so it's been great. I mean, we've been hit the ground running once I got here and was training, you know, out of camp before that as well. And uh, yeah, we're really getting there now. And another week or so, really start hitting the, you know, personally, I'll start watching film and stuff my coaches already have. And then, um, yeah, everything else is just, uh, it just kind of becomes hell on wheels for eight weeks, right? We just kind of get after it. So uh, yeah, get kind of prepping right now for that phase. Yeah, 100%. So it's good to see that you're about to get into camp. Now, when did you find out about the fight, right? Because this was announced quite recently, right? It can't be more than a couple weeks. Yeah, probably about two weeks ago, um, I think. Um, and it was kind of weird because I found out about it on a Friday, which usually it usually ends up being like a Monday or Tuesday when you hear because they do a lot of matchmaking early in the week. So right. kind of that weekend, there was a fight night and you don't really hear anything. And then finally, like around Tuesday, I started, you know, getting contracts and stuff. So, um, yeah, about – two weeks ago so we were like 14 weeks out at the time so or maybe it was three weeks ago even um yeah so plenty of notice just a kind of a perfect timeline for me and um yeah i'm really really excited and the perfect uh you know perfect step up in the rankings right. and, and challenge you know i think i fought some really tough challenging opponents that are probably on Dracar's level but as far as you know having the spotlight on it having a guy that's a seasoned vet and a guy that's up in the rankings i mean it, it couldn't be a better step up in uh in competition hundred percent. I want to, I definitely want to get into that fight. Um, just to rewind, you said you moved closer to your coach, right? You're from New Jersey. Is that right? So I'm from New Jersey originally, but I, I left there right about the time I went to college. I went to South Carolina, trained in Myrtle beach for a while. And then, uh, the last five years we were in Wilmington, North Carolina. So, okay. um, trained down there with, uh, John Salter and everybody at Salty Dog Jiu Jitsu. And we would always come up to Jim O. We've had a couple here. guys from there, from there on. Yep. Okay. Yeah. 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 Yep. Oh, yeah. Great gym. And we would come up. Um, what started is like two days a week, uh, John and myself, basically, if, well, if we ever lined up, at, at, you know, in camp at the same time. Yeah. And then we would come up to help out some of the guys closer to our weight classes. John would come help Barbarina. Um, I would come when Scott, Scott Holzman had a fight. Mm -hmm. And then uh, as time went on, um, you know, John's a bigger guy. So I'd be able to, I was really fortunate to train with him always out of camp. But then I didn't really have I never really got uh, like 155 training partners, 170, really. So I still go back and forth to Myrtle Beach some because that was close enough. Um, and then last camp was the first time that I did a majority of it here. So uh, came up, you know, the first half of camp, like Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, so a little more than normal. And then by the time we were like five weeks out, I was doing uh, almost the whole week. So 
Um, I really enjoyed just having everything in one spot. I've been traveling so much for so many years. And um, so then when I got back, I kind of made the decision of like, okay, uh, I'm turning 30 this year. I just turned 30. So it was like, I definitely am healthy. You know, I'm fortunate enough to be five and one right now. Like things are good in the sense of it's time to really double down and make a run, you know? So it was just easier when I think about life. And this is what um, it's actually, I'm actually really glad you asked this because, you know, I've definitely left places before in the past because I felt like I outgrew it or maybe even had falling out sometimes. And for some reason, it seems like people always just because that's kind of the world we live in. When I was saying, like, I really just want to double down, make a run and be close to my family. Like, uh, you know, there's always going to be grumblings of like, of course, uh, you know, me and John know that's the case. I talk to him. I talk to other guys. But sometimes right. students will be like, oh, I, I bet he had to leave. No, I really just. I did the camp away from my family and some guys that's really good for, they like to get away and they don't, they don't focus as well. But for me, um, it was just kind of, it was hell. It was not fun. You know, it was, cause I was up here for like 12 weeks doing that or 10 weeks. And my wife was pregnant at the time. And then uh, my daughter was two. Now she's three. My son has been born. So it's just like, I'd hate to cut a career that I love so much short because I'm sick of being away from my kids and missing them grow up. So it was just kind of, I'd rather travel back to Wilmington to get awesome jiu-jitsu at Salty Dog than to have to travel to get my MMA work in and, and have my head coach. So it just made a lot of sense. And then on the other side, uh, I was really fortunate enough to be able to start coaching here. So uh, I coached the jiu-jitsu program in the evenings, four nights a week, and uh, kind of starting to grow a program like that. And that kind of lets my wife stay home with the with the babies, you know, which is, um, you know, a, a real blessing. So um, that was kind of the logistics of it. And uh it wasn't an easy, easy decision to make, but I'm really excited I did because about, you know, two weeks in, I was seeing how much time I was spending with my family and still getting like MMA specific work, uh, a lot of good Muay Thai stuff that I've kind of been missing out on, and uh, it couldn't be better. And then this week, actually, my wife had to take uh, took the kids back to Wilmington because my son had a doctor's appointment and then uh, to see family. And I uh, for like three days, I texted her. I was like. I don't know. I could not have done this again, like being away, you know, like I'd rather be away for a week than the 10, but man, I could not have done another camp like this. So it's just awesome, man. I get to to have my cake and eat it too, in the sense of, you know, having the training camp kind of geared toward me and everything, but also getting to go home every night and be dad and, you know, be a husband and all that, which is it's what feeds me, man. And it wouldn't be, it's not fun without it. I did it last camp and it was not fun. You seem like a good father, man. Like just flat out family's number one it. on the priority list, right? That's, that's, that's kind of like, the life you live right accurate yeah yeah and, and that's exactly it man is like uh i definitely don't take it lightly you know um i put a lot of that out there on social media because they said we're supposed to post and i'm like well i don't really set up a tripod when i train <laughs> yeah. it, people like message me and be like you still fight in the ufc are you still training i'm like i probably train out of camp more than anybody you know <laughs> like i train so much i love it you're but just a fighter you're not like a social media influencer no you know i try to post something if i do i try to make it somewhat profound and like talk about how much I appreciate fighting. I do. Sure. But it's the same thing with, with, with being a parent and with being a, a husband, like it's stuff I don't take lightly. Like I found something, it just clicked. It's kind of the same thing as when I met my wife, like a lot of people they'll post and it's kind of like when things are on the, on the fritz, you know, but uh, it's just, I kind of, when we met, it just kind of made sense. Like I really wasn't looking for that. I was really focused on jujitsu at the time and, you know, right. maybe making the change to MMA eventually. And uh, it just, it just felt really natural and it's the same thing with parenting you know we have our bad days of course like my daughter's a tyrant dude she's three uh yeah. she 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 balls us around and stuff but uh man it's it's just never felt like besides fighting and and being a husband it's the same other thing where i'm like oh this is just 
what I feel like I was meant to do, you know? So in our house, we really do. And even my wife, even though she's not a fighter, although she started taking kickboxing classes recently, it's like faith, family, and fighting is kind of our, our pillars and kind of in that order as well, you know, because okay. without the other two, the other one doesn't happen and vice versa. And uh, it's been, it's, it's worked for us, you know? Yeah, no, it definitely makes sense. Those three things that you guys live by, but just from the outside, I could definitely tell it's what you preach. Um, and I think sometimes the best things in life happen unplanned, right? So touche to that. Um, it must've been a busy week for you though. Again, we talked about the fight announcement and all that, right? Because aside from that, you just signed a new multi-fight deal with the UFC, man. Congratulations on that. But you know, if you look at it a little bit deeper, I don't think it's something that could be overstated, right? You got shows like the ultimate fighter contender series. I mean, you were on contender series guys are kicking and scratching just to get where you are right now. Right. So, you know, when you look at that, right. Also guys that have been in the sport forever, they never even get into, they never get into the UFC. When you look at that, right. Is there a sense of gratitude? Like, is that an overwhelming emotion when you sign a contract like that? Like I'm still here. I'm where I want to be. And the fact that I resign means that I'm doing something right. Is there gratitude in that? Dude, 100%. That's the best way to put it is like, I want to get in there and, uh, you know, kiss the canvas every time I step in there because you just, you don't know. And I guess it's something that comes probably with being a parent too. Like you get perspective on stuff, but also I'm right in a sweet spot where I feel like I'm entering my prime, but that's definitely not a rookie, you know, and uh, that hunger to get there, you almost rush through things. But now that I'm here, I get to train with a lot of guys that are up and coming and uh, a seeing how hungry they are is really cool. And, uh, and B is you start to see them rushing through too. And you want to stop them like, no, no, appreciate this fight where you're making 500 bucks because it still is a good time. It's going to be something you look back on fondly, you know? Yeah. But um, yeah, to see, dude, I mean, I don't follow the app, but if, or the account, but on Twitter, they have that roster watch. And I see it retweeted all the time. Oh my gosh. Like people are coming and going every day. So to be here, 100%. I mean, when I got here, it was like on the contender series, I just want to get to the UFC. Okay. And then it was like, I just want one win so I can be at least a UFC vet when I go try to teach seminars or something. And then it was like, all right, got to get to that second contract. And, and and now to sign a third contract, I don't think that lightly at all. I think that's uh, it's awesome, man. It really does. I was just talking to my coach about it. I'm like, this is kind of a form of like, like we have guys and girls in the gym that are they're really good. And sometimes they don't see maybe how we see them and how good they could be. And I, wanna, I was telling my coach, I'm like, dude, like this is the American dream. Like these kids come in here with nothing and you can use your, your fists and your feet and you know, you're grappling and you can go actually make an honest living and make a nice life for yourself. And uh, I definitely feel like I'm living that, you know, I think, uh, I, I think about that a lot now, you know, and uh, it, it's been awesome. And and that's really one of the other things with coaching is like, I want to help the next generation underneath me, you know, see that. And another thing that really put a lot into perspective was, uh, you know, one of my closest friends and, and my coach, John Salter, retired recently. So he's a couple years ahead of me. So kind of get both sides of it. I'm in the middle of it. I'd have guys underneath me and then I got to watch somebody kind of sail off from the sunset and do it the right way. He went out on a win and, um, and but then also you're kind of I, in between both of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And I, and I try to learn from both, you know, and, uh, watching him and how much it meant to him truly. And then also, uh, my friend and teammate and also now manager, Scott Holtzman retired, uh, the end of last year and same thing, watching him go through that last camp and talk about, you know, kind of framing it different, like this weight cut. Yeah, it might suck, but like, I'm going to miss this. I'm going to miss that. I'm going to miss, working with you guys in the room every day and uh it goes very quickly you know so yeah i definitely appreciate it long-winded answer but i definitely appreciate it that's a great mindset to have um that's a good way to look at it let's talk about this fight it's the fight that people are many are excited for as far as this matchup with dracar right what kind of fight do you think we see on december 2nd based on the preparations what you've seen from him you know your style of fighting 
what kind of fight do you think that that comes with? I mean, it's so hard to make predictions, you know, like, yeah. and not even down to how I think I'm going to win or what he, you know, him, yeah. he's going to say the same thing. Right. But um, everybody's so round, well-rounded, but especially as you get higher up, like even in my fights, I've, I've ended up on the feet with guys that are, you know, highly touted Muay Thai guys and, and, and edge them out or, or been even, or, you know, so um, people look at sometimes like specialists and he's going to try to do this and that, but the guy is uh, well-rounded everywhere, you know? So like we've even talked about, it. it's not out of the question who's going to take me down, you know? So um, I think it's going to be one of those, it could either be a chess match where it might be slow and steady and we're, you know, a nice technical exchange. And it could also go haywire really quick where, you know, maybe at the end of it, we're getting fight of the night. Now, obviously I would like to come out and, and put my pace on him and, and control for three rounds. And I think everybody knows what that looks like for me is setting up level changes with strikes and put him on his back, you know? Right. Um, that's what I've trained to do my entire life. But at the same time, I know what this can be. You know, this guy's world-class and so am I. And uh, it can become a lot of things, but I do see me trying to put the pace on. You know, I think that's something that's really changed, especially we talk about going from first fight in the UFC or first contract to now, and he's a vet as well. But um, I've gotten comfortable, as comfortable as you can, you know, being in that cage in the sense of, I used to think about trying to control adrenaline and don't get tired and, now it's just about trying to push push a pace and break your opponent, you know, and uh, I know he fights the same way. So I guess we'll have to get there and see how that goes. But uh, I'm really confident in my coach and our game plan. And uh, I think I can edge him out everywhere. I really, really do. It's going to be an exciting fight um, as far as his style, right? Not to say when you analyze somebody, it's different than when you're just watching them for fun, right? Like I'm sure you've seen plenty of his fights before, but you haven't seen him to the degree that you have now that you're preparing for him, right? You don't have to give it away because obviously this might be an important factor in the fight, but did you see something along the way watching film, preparing for him where you're like, oh, I didn't see that before when I was watching his fights. Like, that's interesting. Are you seeing these kinds of things along the way as you're preparing for him? Well, I know my coach has, you know, because he started that process already. For me, I watch. Is he more the little... film guy, your coach? Uh, he is, but I will too. You know, okay. I, I I don't obsess and I don't get too specific because you have to look at it in the sense of, and not from a place of arrogance, like, oh, I'm going to beat this guy, but going, yeah. and they've never fought me. So he might have a great, uh, he might have a great kick, a great body kick, and then he fights a grappler and not throw body kicks because I'm going to get caught and taken down. You don't know. So um, I try to take it with a grain of salt. But I'll start mine. I'll watch it usually eight weeks, and then I'll watch again a month out, and then that's it. You know. Okay. So what we've started now is my coach will watch, and he's already said some things, but we haven't really started focusing on him. We've started some drills and in our game planning sessions, like our skill work sessions, that are based around like where we think we can fit in. You know, and then it'll start to get more specific and more specific. Then we'll talk about him some. He does a really good job of that, where there'll be like a template, and we kind of chip away, chip away, chip away, and then by the by the thick of camp, you're like, oh, I see. He throws this. That's why we were doing this. And it kind of takes that anticipation away because I think that can be really bad. You know, um, it would. It, I fought guys that I think were anticipating nothing but level changes and takedowns out of me. And then I hit them with a left hook and they look very surprised. You know, so I think it's good when you're not expecting, but you know what he does well. And, and that's what we're trying to do, you know. So, um, but yeah, from what I have seen already, and, and I'm a fan, you know, I like I like anybody in my division that's at a high level. I like to watch guys. So. Um, He's been in fun fights. I mean, at the very end of the day, it is what it is. And and I have, you know, uh, Scott so have you. my teammate for a long time. So he trained the lab as well, where I don't know if Dracar's still there. I know he goes back and forth fight ready as well. But uh, so a lot of the same style, a lot of certain striking things they do well. They're all very good at getting up because, you know, uh, guys yeah. are different in a camp, but there's also going to be tendencies from a camp. And uh, 
So we know where they're strong too, because I, I've trained with a lot of guys in the lab and they're all very skilled. So we kind of know what we're dealing with and we're ready to dial it in and, and get ready for it. Both of you guys have only been finished one time in your career. When you're drilling for a fight like this, is it important to keep in mind we got to prepare for a hard 15 minutes? Is that an, is that something that comes to mind? Because you're one both of the first durable. Things, absolutely. That's one of the first things we started uh, We started in camp was the, the prep for the the up and down and the up and down and the up and down and the back and forth and the wall and, and, and a pace. And even this far out is making sure it's always three hard rounds and sometimes more. You know, we're wrestling – six fives and seven fives and eight fives and just making it really grueling far out. And then as we get closer to the sparring, we'll get more concise and more intense, but it's exactly that is conditioning for, we've got to know that this is a durable guy and a guy that's really well-rounded. So it's not maybe the fight where you take them down once and you go, Oh, he doesn't get up till next round. Like this guy's good. You know, I'm good too. And I'm sure they're training the same way as uh, you got two very durable guys who seem to find ways into fights when they're tired or hurt or sore, you know, whatever um, in danger. Whereas I feel like the, you know, some fights when you're on the way up, you might get those guys where they're finding ways out of fights. This is not that fight for either of us. And I'm aware of that. And I, I think he probably will be too with his coaches. Yeah, I think that's a good assessment. And I saw Dana White recently say something that was kind of interesting. So I thought I'd kind of ask you, um, Dana said that it wouldn't be a bad idea to make the rankings like up to 20. And the reason I asked, the reason I'm curious and I want to ask you this question, I was it feels like you're sort of in that 15 to 20 range. I mean, you're, what are you, six, five and one, six and one in the UFC? I mean, it gets to the point where you're going to have to get in, you're going to have to start rubbing shoulders with the ranked guys already. I mean, close is pretty much of that talent. Do you feel like you're already in this echelon where next fight will be a ranked guy or you're going to be set up for, you know what I mean? Do you already feel like you're in the echelon of all these ranked guys? Cause I mean, this is such a good division, right? It's, it's like, such a good division. And I know yeah. why it feels like it's a smart idea to make it ranked to 20 because it feels like you're already in the rankings do you feel like you're in this echelon of like ranked guys already and you're already fighting the best because you fought good guys already in the ufc yeah i mean i mean i've fought the the record holder for most wins and most fights you know so that's there definitely <laughs> not a bad feather to have in the cap but at the same time i it's such a weird paradox because i'll leave training i'll look at my coach or teammates or friend, whatever and i'll be like man i can hang with any of these guys in any given day but at the same time, when you say that, I go, I didn't think of myself as there. Like, I thought just I'm in the pack, you know, because it, it, I'm such a fan. You know, like, I came up as a kid, and I didn't really – no one saw this coming. You know what I mean? Like, I was not a good competitor. I'm not a blue-chip prospect. I scratched and clawed my way here. So to sit there and go, yeah, I might be creeping in on that 20 if there was actual rankings for that. Because I think on Tapology, I'm like 32 or 31, and take out, take out the Bellator and PFL oh, okay. guys. That'd oh, probably well, yeah, there right you go, there you go, right, you know? right, so you would be. That's right. everybody, so, yeah, yeah. yeah, maybe so, you know, that'd be pretty cool, but do I think I can hang with any single guy? Yeah, is it weird when you get a name? I mean, close, I feel like is close to me, no pun intended, but uh, if I got like a, a a Poirier, a Dario, somebody like that that I really am a fan of, that might be weird for a second, like Miller was, but then when you watch them from the lens of I'm going to fight this guy, I go, yeah, I can, I can hang with any of them, you know? So I you think, feel like you're good to go with any guys in the division, let's say I a think top so. 10 Yeah, guy. absolutely. I mean, of course, there's going to be matchups that you prefer, but on any given day, if they walk into a sparring room, I think they're going to walk out being like, that guy's freaking tough. Okay. You know, and I'll probably say the same thing about them. And then on fight night, you see who woke up on the right side of the bed or who deals with the anxiety better or who listens to their coaches better, you know? But um, 100%, yeah, I think uh, – Man, I've I've been able to train with some guys that are really good and really, you know, I've trained and not just in MMA, but like world class jiu-jitsu specialists coming through. And I go, man, I don't talk about it, but like I think I can do really well 
at the world level in jiu-jitsu or, you know, I'll strike with a striker. Like, I feel like I, I do well, you know, I, I have no doubt in my mind. But until you sign that contract for me, like with Miller, I would look at that as a guy, I'm never going to fight Jim Miller. He's a whole future Hall of Fame, this and that. And then when we sign the contract and I watch from that lens, I'm like, all right, this guy's going to have a rough night. I'm on it. Like, until it comes, I don't really see myself like that because I just look at it as taking what I got in front of me. Right now, I'm worried about Drakkar Close, not, you know, Fazeev and Gamrot last weekend. I watched the fight as a fan and kind of, I always analyze because I love the sport, but uh, yeah. I wasn't watching it as like, well, where can I beat him or can I hang? I'm just thinking about Drakkar Close and getting better every day. But when if I signed to fight one of those, 100%, I think I, I would uh, feel confident, you know? Did you watch the Gamrot Saryukin fight? Uh, not, I never watched him in uh, sorry, you can. I watched him in Fazeev last weekend. I'm sorry, which had I got the names confused. yeah. No, I was talking but about I heard him that was a great fight, too. Did um, you watch it? That's what I meant. Did you watch fifth? Fazeev yeah, we, we did watch it. We watched uh, gosh, I fell asleep for the first half of the main car, which was like 7 30 or 8 o'clock, which is pathetic. But uh, I, feel you. I, I woke you, back bro. up for the I fall asleep the during so many fights, I'm like, it's not even that early, yeah. And then uh, we watched the co main in Maine, and then uh, yeah, it was great. Unfortunate ending, but it was really fun before that. I mean, same thing. You see the type of that's what I think people don't understand. Like even the commentators were dumbing it down to like grappler striker, and you're watching uh, Gamrot catch him with crisp right hands, and then you see Fazee being able to wrestle with Gamrot. Like dude, like at right. this level, everybody's so good at everything. Like just because they're amazing in one area doesn't mean they're not world class in the others. You know, I think that's what people misconstrue, especially at lightweight, where like you said, like five and one at uh, you know. 205 i'd be a you know co-headline or headline in uh fight nights you know this is a honestly that's true division, man you just so happen to be in the best weight class in the world i mean uh, but then again i wouldn't be able to be a pro athlete in any other any other capacity because <laughs> the guys at 205 and 85 those those blue chip athletes they're playing other sports that make good money so <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a little yeah. easier to rise i think it looks like you've been sprinkling in some grappling matches right between those ufc fights right i mean not everyone's doing that. Some guys are, but not everyone. I mean, you even beat guys like Donald Cerrone. What's what's the motivation behind that? And do you plan on continuing to sort of sprinkle some of these matches forward as you go? Yeah, I think so. I think that's kind of – it was something I stopped. And then – and not like thinking I was too good for it, I guess, but maybe just being like, well, yeah, I fight for a living, you know. And then um, I lost to Jared Gordon, and I just wanted to do something to get some competition back in me. And, you know, so we went to the ADCC trials. And that was a blast. I went two and one. It was fun. Um, it was just a good time. It, it brought me back to like, oh, yeah, like I really love all of this. I love competing and all that. And that kind of got that going. And then after that, we did the Fight Pass Invitational, which was the first time I ever did like a quintet type thing. And that was a blast. And then after that, a quick turnaround, they had an opening for the Cerrone match. And I was like, dude, like, and kind of the thought process is just like, I love this. It's a small way, not the ADCC trials, but the other two, to make a little money for my family. Why not? And then number three is like, life is short. This is all going to be over soon. You know, like, why would I not want to do this? Like I got to grapple a legend, you know, it's a, it's a blast. And also and you I feel like any chance to go do big things and test myself. Like now I think of it from like a parenting standpoint, especially like I want to go do this stuff to like at the sorority match. I'm not going to get to have my daughter probably at a fight. She's three. She'll get all scared. But uh, at a grappling match, it was perfect. You know, and I, I post a pic and I was like, you know, she'll never remember this, but I'll never forget it. You know, so it's like, I don't know how many there's cameras, though, right? Yeah, exactly. And I, I don't know how many times I get to do that in my lifetime, you know, so it's cool for them to see and be like, oh, like you took big opportunities, but then kind of so you can make it about us, you know, and um, they may, they're not going to remember it because 
they're pretty young, but that, that's the kind of thing I want to do. You know, I may even sneak back into like master stuff when I'm retired from fighting, you know, 10 years from now. I don't know what the heck else I'm going to do with myself. I love to compete. So uh, it just keeps it fun and fresh. That would be interesting. Also, it's just a sport that's so violent. Like, God forbid, you'll be fine, man. But God forbid, I mean, look at Wyatt. I mean, the dude snapped his leg off one kick, and it looks like yep. he hasn't been the same since. So, Well, that's the thing is, like, this next fight, my daughter will stay back because she's three, but my son will come because he's eight weeks and just trying to understand colors. So it's uh, And because he can't the be giant headphones on. <laughs> exactly. Yep. But my daughter would lose her mind, you know, so we could never do it. But, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I saw you put something online that you're no longer defined. You're no longer defining your identity by the wins and losses. Uh, I thought that was a pretty good message. Is this something that changed recently in your mindset where you're not looking at yourself sort of just on paper, like a statistic? Is that, when did that change for you and, and why? I think, that, I think also the Jared Gordon fight, I think losing really? is one of the best things for you. You know, uh, when I got here, it's like that mentality of, I mean, I guess the first fight it was, you know, it's never my coach said it best when we were uh, one of the fight days and we were walking, doing our little walk in quarantine. And you always try to compare to this last fight. And I feel like how I felt at the contender, you know, and he said, dude, it's like the old adage, like the, the man dips his foot in the river, but it's not the same man. And it's not the same river because it's always flowing, you know, right. it's always changing. And um, that's a big thing is like when I got to the UFC, you always have to find something to to make it the present moment, make this one the most important and um you know, cause it's always the next toughest one, but you gotta, always. you can't, if I'm sitting there going, you know, oh, I'm treating it like I'm trying to get to the UFC still, it wouldn't work. Right. So, you know, when I got to the UFC, it was just the excitement of I'm walking out for the first time in this arena that I pictured since I was 10 years old. It's not very hard to think about. Um, then we were in COVID and there was nothing going on and I had a baby on the way. So then that was just strictly business of like, I'm going to go out and try to get everything I can. And then Jim Miller was Jim Miller. And then uh, then it was new contract time, and then it started to be like feeling that pressure of imposter syndrome, and that was the first time where I felt it, and uh, it was almost going, okay, well, new contracts, well, let me try to take the pressure off myself, and I've never done this in my entire life. Like, I want to win, and I was like, let me take the pressure off, like, well, the money, at least secure, and, and it started playing games of comfort, you know, and that was when I got back to competing after that and being like, oh, yeah, like, this is what I want to do. I want to compete among the best, like – and when my time is up, my time is up. God forbid I lose three in a row and I'm gone. And that was God's plan for my life. And, and I think the biggest factor into that was my faith and having that understanding of like, I do believe it's all God's timing. It's not, you know, we always say I try to work as hard as I possibly can, like I'm in control of the outcome, but we ultimately have to accept that this is a crazy sport and we're not. Like you said about yeah. why I've been saying, like, he, I was there for that, a lot of that camp. He put on one of the best training camps of, of oh, his wow, life. Oh, wow, yeah. You know, it's uh it's a crazy game and, and you know, we have to make the right decisions and stuff, but ultimately I could slip the way the coach trained me to do a million times, but that's the same time he threw his leg up like Usman and look what happens, you know? So it's having that freedom of being like, it is what it is, you know? Um, so that's when it really changed. That's the Gordon fight. And then understand that and just maturity, you know, I'm going out there and there's always something new and always something changing. And it's ultimately to test myself. We start looking at it like a job like that. It's a good way to suck the fun out of it too, you know. And uh, of course, it's how I provide for my family, but you know, it's also a selfish dream that I've wanted to do since I'm a kid. And I think if I lose sight of that ever again, I'd be in a lot of trouble. And I don't think I will. You know, it's uh, the appreciation for it now. And now there's so many different reasons. You know, before uh, we had COVID lockdown for five fights, and my wife got to come to the last one. It was a big, huge pick me up. Now my son's gonna. You know, there's always just so many different things to focus on besides the stress of fighting. You know, to, to 
to remember that this is a really fun thing that we get to do and a fun challenge. And I think I saw Corey Sanhagen say it on Rogan's was like, he was putting all this pressure on himself and he just sat on the couch and kind of cried one night and was like, I want to fight for at least six more years. I can't live like this. And I think it was the same type of thing after the Gordon fight. Like I was killing myself in my head. Like, man, like couldn't you have gotten one more takedown and solidified the round? Then you would have had the win bonus for your fan. It's just like, you can't live like that. It's, it's, you will drive yourself insane, you know? And I think for me, the, the biggest factor is understanding, you know, my faith has been driving force. Yeah, overanalyzing could be definitely a bad thing sometimes. As far as the imposter syndrome, I mean, how many, I'd love to pull up a statistic of how many people even get a UFC, a second UFC contract, much less a third. So hopefully, you know, that imposter syndrome has gone. I mean, you've already earned it at this point. Curious, uh, you keep bringing up the Gordon fight. It seems to ring very significant to you. You're focused on this fight 100%, but is that a fight, given how much it took a toll on you, given how close it was, is that a fight you would ever want to get back? Or are you a competitive guy like that? Or are you just like, eh? Because I've, spo- I've seen it both ways, where they just don't care. If it happens, it happens. Those are the guys that are dead set on getting it back. Where are you? Um, probably more towards don't care. You know what I mean? Like, actually, it's funny, because, like, an hour ago, he posted something of a mutual friend that sponsored him. And I commented, I was like, oh, there's a man. I hope you're well. He said, I hope you're well. I said, good luck. Like, Jared Gordon seems like a nice guy. I don't think there's anybody that doesn't like him except maybe Patty. who's a, Exactly. Like, so, uh, yeah. yeah, that's just because he knows he lost that fight. But yeah. um, no, you know, I mean, if it happened, it would be cool. And if it didn't, it would be cool too. You know, it's I, I really can care less because it's on to the next best thing. And yeah. that's kind of another thing in the fights that we've talked about that really, I think, has taken me from like a jiu-jitsu specialist early on to like a full-fledged pretty darn good fighter i think is like being just tough is like our coach always says like you got to get the next best thing and like you miss the takedown you don't stay on it and let him pound your head in you get the next best thing and the next and that's what fighting is if i'm I'm sitting here worried about him i'm certainly not gonna be focused on close or the next best thing and you know i'm also out here providing for my family so i'd rather not hunt a rematch i'd rather hunt the, the the best fight i can get this one like you said could put me up there who knows um it's all just part of the game so i really you know, does it does it get me chapped up a little bit about what happened? Yeah, I think I could have done a lot better, but uh, I'm sure he felt like that too. So uh, it doesn't really it doesn't really matter. But I'm competitive, so I'm always gonna think back to to I dude I, I grappled Gary Tonin eight years ago, and I still think about it. I'm like oh if I didn't put my foot there, maybe I could have. Who yeah. cares? I'm in the UFC fighting for a career, you know. But like that's right. I think about matches when I was 15 that drive me nuts. It's just how I'm gonna be. I've accepted that at this point. One more question, man. We appreciate the time. Uh, how are things going with the all-in grappling promotions? That looks interesting. Yeah, it's been a blast. You know, it's it's one of those things where uh, I'm really stubborn. I don't want to do something unless I like it. You know, I will, of course. Like, sure. you know, but uh, I got to look at what it is that I do. Like, I'm not. I don't have. I when we move, we've had to put our house up for sale. I had to do a lot of repairs, so I know that is not. I don't have any life skills besides fighting and jiu-jitsu. Like, I've learned real quick when I try to do real life stuff. It's not my forte. So. Um, when I look at like you hear guys saying like getting into other avenues and you know trying to build businesses and stuff, it's like okay, I could try to get into what the restaurant. But like, what am I going to do? I don't have any skills, but I know grappling. You know, I love grappling. I'm passionate about it. So starting that was kind of a no brainer because I like to spend my days doing stuff like that anyway, like going to tournaments and stuff. So um, it was a project, but also a, a business that we've started, and uh, the first two have gone fantastic. It's been really fun. Um, Cause we do it both ways. We do our super fight event with like, you know, black belts coming in. Um, my teammate and friend, Jamie Pickett was actually in the main events. So we had a UFC fighter on it, which was cool. Wow. Um, 
Yeah, and he grappled a good black belt. Like, it, it was exciting, you know. But also during the daytime, we run a regular tournament where, you know, all the kids come and compete and, and white and blue belts that are just getting started. And I just remember what that meant to me to have places to go. And also as a kid coming up in jiu-jitsu, every tournament is freaking 120 bucks. You know, it's not easy. I mean, we have three kids in my family. Like that's not – then you yeah. got to pick and choose which ones to use. So we try to charge, you know, 50 bucks cheap, try to get everybody a couple matches. Um so it also kind of brings me back to my roots of being like, okay, like we had one family come up and the mom was like, thank you for doing this. And it almost makes it all worth it more than like the people that complain about waiting for their match or something. So um, it's been awesome. And now what we're doing between, because I moved up here to Jim O and our facility is is pretty sick. Um, and we have like a full cage and we're able to have the resources to some uh, professional videographers and lighting and stuff. And uh, nice. so we're, we're called, we've been doing some smokers the last couple months uh, for kickboxing. And now that I'm here, we're going to do a grappling one. So I'm calling it the all in grappling smoker series. So that'll be uh, more of just super fight. So every couple of months we'll have our big event about quarterly and between we'll do some smokers. So this one's a quintet. So uh, I got a couple teams signed up. They'll come and then we'll have spectators. So just kind of getting guys used to being under that spotlight, you know, being the walkout, the cage, um, being the only match going on. So, cause I put it the same day as uh, the ADCC trials and someone messaged me like, why did you do that? I'm like, because this really isn't for people that are going to do the ADCC trials. This is for right. guys to get their feet wet, you know? Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's been awesome, man. It's been a really fun thing. That's what I do three things. I, I, I fight for a living first and foremost. I coach jiu-jitsu, and then I do a tournament. And all three things I, I love. They're just really, really fun. And uh, they're all the right amount of stressful, especially competition day. Uh, our two tournaments, I stayed up until – 4 a.m. both nights before, and then we had to be up yeah. in the U-Haul delivering the mats at 6. So, yeah, I was like, oh, this is a different kind of rush, too. It's like fighting, like, just stress and prepping and last minute. And like, so uh, it's a, it's fun, you know, and that's a family thing. My wife gets involved. She helps out a lot. So uh, it's kind of fun for us to do as a family, too. So, yeah, it's been great. I appreciate you, appreciate you mentioning it. Yeah, 100%. And that sounds awesome. I'm going to have to look more into that. But nonetheless, Joe, we do appreciate the time. Congratulations on the new UFC contract. Wishing you and the family all the best. And most importantly, man, good luck on December 2nd. Man. It's going to be a Thank fun Thank you so night. much. Man, I appreciate you having me. Thank you so much.